0: On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, the Florida Panthers win a thrilling game against the Minnesota Wild 2-1 to in a shootout. We're going to discuss this next with the host of Locked On Minnesota Wild, Seth Topal. This is going to be a fun one.
1: Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Minnesota Wild Podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're a team every day. Thank you for making a Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Minnesota Wild Podcast. Your first listen of the day. For everyone on the Minnesota Wild feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thankful to be doing another crossover edition of the show with the host of Locked On Wild, Seth Topall. And Seth, the Florida Panthers come into Minnesota, and their their first game of a four-game road trip, a big stretch for them. And you know, both of these teams are in fighting for their for their playoff lives, uh, right, right now. And man, what an exciting! defensive goalie battle for for both of uh these teams. Uh what are your main takeaways from from the 2 to 1
1: Panthers win? It was a lot more physical I think than I thought it was going to be and some of that stemmed from some calls that maybe both sides wanted but didn't get and especially late in the game where Karol Kaprizov gets pulled down to the ice and actually has one of those like enough of this kind of shoving matches uh it just was a game that i think underscores where both of these teams are at like you said fighting for their playoff lives every point absolutely critical at this point in the season and so both teams played it tight they played it tense and uh neither team scored on the power play and there were 12 <laughs> opportunities total which was nuts but then you had both goalies step up and take over and Sergey Bobrovsky and Philip Gustafson trading amazing saves all night. The overtime was fantastic and it just came down to the shootout opportunities uh, at the end. The Wild on Saturday got the better of the Devils and uh, on this night, the Wild ended up being bested. But it's one of those things. Um, it, it was a a game I think that boiled down to a lot of the things that have ailed the wild all season, inability to score in five on five, uh, a goalie that stands on his head ends up being saddled with a tough luck loss. I do wonder at the end when Jared Spurgeon inadvertently sent, um, and I forget which Panthers player it was, uh, sent him into Philip Gustafson at the end of overtime and it seemed like it uh, It took him a little while to get up and to kind of recollect himself. I wonder if that factored in in the overtime or in the shootouts because it just seemed like Gustafson maybe was not as sharp uh, in the shootout as he was in overtime and in regulation. But then again, you look at those guys that Florida brought out there for the shootout, those, those are tough names to stop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Anton Lundell, the the guy I was not expected to be first to be called for the shootout, and in their game against the Colorado Avalanche, they made the line change uh, back from Matthew Kachuk on that top line for the final period, and question on whether I questioned whether that was going to be a shifting of the lines for the Cats, but they decided to give that line a chance a, a chance once again for. Ah, uh, the Panthers. Even though their goal differential, as uh, as a line five on five of Barkov, Lundell, and Reinhardt, isn't necessarily the best, uh, they decided to give him another chance. But for the Panthers, this was really about what they were able to do, also on the PK. Because both of the, it's funny because I looked up via StatMuse, both of these teams are in the top three in the NHL of P- penalties in minutes. The Florida Panthers are coming into this game. We're 677 to the wilds, 644. Good for first. Well, not first as in like best, but like, but worst and third worst in in the entire league. And this was, if you look at that and then look at this game, it, it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, some of the stupid penalties that the Florida Panthers take, like, Sam Reinhart trying to swat the puck out of the zone and it hits, I believe, uh, Matt Zuccarello right in the face uh, too. Uh, but there was also one on the on the Minnesota Wild where Ryan Lomberg retrieves the puck in their own zone and then he gets t- cross-checked right in the in the back as well after uh, getting beat. There's also a few penalties where they're saving uh, goals as well as uh, as uh, Montour slashes Duar as he, he got a breakaway opportunity on Sergei Bobrovsky as well. So there was
1: a mix of dumb penalties, but also penalties
0: that saved goals as well.
1: Well, and it's crazy because the one that has plagued the wild, the worst is here was the one that we didn't see a too many men on the ice penalty and credit to the wild. And overtime, there were some dicey changes uh, while they were trying to maintain possession and also get some tired skaters off the ice. And mm-hmm. so I was I was expecting one of those to, to pop up. The Wild are second to the Arizona Coyotes in that regard. And nobody else is even close. And so I expected that one. But again, something we've seen from the Wild all season is whether it be delay of game penalties, hooking, tripping, every penalty under the sun, this Wild team has taken, they take it often. And a lot of times it's getting beat to the puck or getting beat on defense that leads to a player trying to overcompensate and get themselves back into the play with their stick or otherwise. It's, it's a problem. It's a problem for this team because the penalty kill going seven for seven tonight is not a normalcy. That's not a normal thing that you see on a nightly basis. Eventually, the more you test the penalty kill, Mm -hmm. eventually you're going to get bit.
0: Yeah. And, and, and good point that you made there because you're, you're tiring out your defense. There's a, there's a saying that I always use rest on offense. You're on your toes on, on defense. And, whenever you're consistently on the penalty kill and of course stretching out those uh minutes as as well for the players who are on on the who play both units especially um, who are well versed in in that and also frustration penalties as well there was one by eunice brodeen like right after right as matthew kachuk was right in front of the the net uh as well so there is also a there's also the the discipline discipline part of it as well for for both the panthers and and the minnesota wild as well but also for the the wild early on they they made great adjustments because Aaron ekblad was getting multiple one-time time shots from the left circle and also credit to philip gustafson one thing that i was noticing is that rebound control was great there was literally like no, barely any opportunities for someone to just get, get in on a rebound and, 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 score for, for, for the Panthers against Gustafson. So really the rebound control was the reason why this didn't get more out of hand.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a credit to both goalies. It's funny because we see such contrasting styles for the wild Marc-Andre flurry, more apt to make the initial save and then ask for some assistance from the team, whether it be defensemen or forwards, to just take care of the puck. After that, Philip Gustafson very much is a, I'm just going to take care of the first shot and that's it. And it is tough for a defense to, okay, one night we got the guy that's not going to give up the rebounds the next night. It's the other guy. And so it's a credit to this wild defense for working with both of those styles. But I just, I can't say enough about what Philip Gustafson has done this year. We didn't really know what to expect from him coming into the season, but he has just been, he's been unbelievable. He's in the top three in the NHL in goals against average. And I believe save percentage as well. And despite the, the results tonight just has had a season that is worthy of him getting an extension to go from being a guy who you're just looking to see what you can get this year to a guy that I think fully deserves to be part of the equation, even with Jesper Volstead in the system. Put those two together as soon as possible and just you'd never have to worry about your goalie situation for like a a decade, 15 years. You're set.
0: Yeah, and and great news for the Wild is uh, Gustafson is an RFA, so a good good opportunity for him to stay longer than just this year, even though Flurry does have one year left on his deal. But we're going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to discuss more about this game and how the Florida Panthers, they mostly contain Kirill Kaprizov. But still, he got on the board. We'll discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Minnesota Wild podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about FanDuel. And we're at the midway point of the NBA and NHL season. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 that's bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drain. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss a chance for your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment with Vandal, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Segment number two on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Minnesota Wild podcast. And Seth, the Florida Panthers in their most recent game against the Colorado Avalanche, I thought that was a crazy game when it came to special teams. That game was 44 minutes of five on five only. Tonight? 35 minutes and one second Oof. of five-on-five, five, including a missed opportunity for the Panthers on, on getting a five-on-three uh, when Anton Lindell took a high stick just after a uh, face-off, and then prior to that was the Jonas Brodeen delay of game puck over glass penalty for the, for the Wild, and just... It, it's just nuts uh, but all, I I, I said a lot of credit to Eetu Luistrinen uh, on the, on the PK Sasha Barkov it was all about the fins today for for the Panthers and Eetu Luistrinen it manifested uh with a goal for for him and uh curl the thrill really hard to stop him and the the goal was a result of the Panthers inability to get a line change and clearing into the zone and this, the second period is that period where you have the long change so the, the Minnesota Wild really noticed that as soon as the Panthers were on, were trying to attempt to make a uh, a change, and then the, the patience that Kirill Kaprizov has to create a, a shooting lane, and you know what, one one bad goal by Sergey Bobrovsky when when he had when that's the only one he gives up, it, it it's funny because a lot of people who are aren't in Florida Panther circles uh, a lot um. Like to be so down on Bobrovsky, but he's been so great since December first. But still, when you're going up one on um one on one with that open shooting lane against Kirill Kaprizov, he's hard to stop. And that was his thirtieth of the year. So, uh curl the thrill—how
1: great is it? How great is it to watch him play? I never get tired of it. it. It seems like he does something new every night. And let's look at that goal because he weaves through in front of the net, slides off to the left and he puts it past Bobrovsky's ear and he's got just this little little window to put the puck in and he still somehow finds a way to do it and he's done this this year where he had a game against Dallas in which he throws one off of the num off of the letters of Jake Ottinger's jersey and allows it to follow him into the net for a goal He scored one in the playoffs last year off of Ville Husso's skate. He just, and you, it gets to the point where you have to look at the goals and say, wait, did he mean to do that? Or was that just pure luck? And I think the thing that sells the Kirill Kaprizov experience the most is that even on the most outrageous looking shots, you actually can make a compelling argument that he tried to do it. It's not just like oh that was just kind of a lucky goal it's like well he was aiming there so it's just every night every night he just does something that you have never seen before and it speaks that he's in his first few years in the season and he's already shattered almost every record that stands except for the long standing wild records he already has pretty much all of them wow
0: just, 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 incredible, and and it's uh great that he signed a multi-year extension to be there for for a long time in, in in Minnesota. Definitely a very big marketable player, but also the thing for the Panthers going back, um, going back to to the game, uh, the Panthers, they're great at controlling five-on-five play. Of course, spoke about it in preview to to this one, talking about how the and we also spoke about it before we hit the record button the minnesota wild are eighth in in the in the nhl in power play percentage coming into this game but like in the 20s in goals four. so it, it just screamed e- even strength was the the dominance uh that w- is what you need to do to dominate the game and it and it ma- manifested itself even though like like we said in earlier in the segment 35 minutes and 1 second 44 44 to 34, uh, Corsi 4 percentage in, in in favor of the Panthers, but also at the same time, only 18 of those shots for the Panthers made it to the net. So, and the uh, the, the wild were getting into shooting lanes, and and one and one made, and this was also a game where guys got battered, bruised. I mean. Montour collides with Zuccarello had to go down the tunnel for a little bit comes back to the second in the the second period like 30 seconds in like in the first 30 seconds of the second period we weren't thinking that Montour was going to come back into the game Sasha Barkov takes a a, a shot and then goes down the tunnel and then comes back and then Marcus Foligno for for the wild takes a shot in a place that had no padding and then he didn't return so it was just a game of just
1: batter bats and bruises for for both of these teams yeah it it scores the style that the wild need to play with in order to win. You know, they've struggled at five on five so much because they lack players that can cleanly enter the zone for one thing, but because they take so many penalties, like they spend so much time on the penalty kill that it just gets the other team into rhythm. And all of a sudden you spend you know, the full power play in the defensive zone. And that just translate to, translates to even strength because you've spent so much time already in the zone. It's like, okay, we just got to go back down there again and we continue to pepper the net. And not only did Marcus Foligno, and it, I, I have not heard really an update, but uh, it does not sound particularly good for Marcus Foligno. Uh, so not sure if he will miss time. Or how much time he'll miss, but Jake Middleton took a shot off the toe. Matt Dumba took one in the throat area, and uh, I think one of the linesmen got hit in the back. Yes. So it was <laughs> a very physical game between these two teams, and uh, you know it's it's fun to kind of get into one of those tense, tight, drag out, full boxing type games. But, um, you know, you just, you can't expect to take seven penalties and to come away unscathed. And this is, if you did this 99 times, or if you did this 100 times, 99 of those times, the Panthers score at least one power play goal. Mm -hmm. This was the one in 100 where they didn't.
0: A uh, question before we transition to segment number three, uh, the goal that was called off by Matthew Kachuk due to inadvertent uh, contact. Uh, do, do you think, do you, do you think regardless of inadvertent contact, if he, there wasn't any, if there wasn't any, do you think Gustafson would have made that save?
1: I like to think so <laughs> um, because of the Philip Gustafson experience so far this year. Um, I, it's hard to say. Uh, I, they say that the shots, the closer they are in front, the harder they are to save. If you've got bodies there, and so maybe the Panthers do score there, but we just got to get a clear idea as to what goaltender interference is. Much we like the, NFL, the the NFL has been chasing what is a catch, what is roughing the passer for years. It's just what is goaltender interference, or shooting a puck out of off the glass, out of play for delay of game. Like those are the two big ones for the NHL. And goaltender interference just is going to be a mystery for as long as it's a sport. I don't think they'll ever pin down what definitively goaltender interference is. Same thing with
0: offside. That's another. That's another one. Well, what, 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 and. And and that happened uh in the last game uh for, for the Panthers as well for, for, for an offside call. Uh well not excuse me, not in the not in the Panthers game. It happened in the Canadians uh versus uh Islanders game on on Saturday where the review took forever and didn't know whether that goal uh by uh uh Mike Matheson and uh Hoffman going two on one was what was offside or not. That's just one example out of so many <laughs> examples but uh but I, I i thought that i thought that matthew kachuk uh of course he's in his office and there was a little bit of blue so there there could be a valid argument on based on based on how it it could have affected his, his movement because i did say i did see like maybe like half of like a quarter of his skate in inside of that <laughs> blue paint but We're going to transition over to segment number three where we're going to discuss what is next for the minnesota wild and the florida panthers here uh, as they both move on and end this season series as the florida panthers sweep the minnesota wild to two nothing in this series but seth first tell us about athletic greens
1: yes our next partner has a product that i use every single day I started taking AG1 because it helps you simplify your vitamin and supplement routine. All it takes is one delicious scoop of AG1 and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Best of all, it is lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it, no need for a million different pills and supplements to help you look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is gonna give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: Third and final segment of this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Minnesota Wild podcast. And... The the season series is over between these two, but there the, the, there's still a big fight for the Florida Panthers and the Minnesota Wild, as now the Florida Panthers are one point behind the Pittsburgh Penguins for the final wild card spot. Actually, Minnesota actually is, is third in the Central Division after tonight's uh, games, after getting a point. So looks very uh, Pacific heavy for the the Western Conference. So uh, but Colorado is creeping in. They are getting a little healthier even though McCart is out for for a, a, little, a little bit. But uh, front end of a back to back for the Panthers now they, now they go into St. Louis tomorrow night for the Pan, for Panther fans. It is an ESPN plus exclusive uh, tomorrow. And for the Panthers, they will likely be seeing Spencer Knight for the first time in over a month. His last start was actually January 8th against the Dallas Stars. um, Was out for a little bit, uh, had some starts in the AHL. uh, Well, actually mixed in with a home game against the Minnesota Wild where we were actually messaging before that where they had two AHL goalies in in the mix (laughs) there. (laughs) And so that was in the middle of all that mess with the goaltending situation for the Panthers. But now they're healthier. And looks like Bob is going to get a much deserved rest after after uh, a big big time performance uh, by him. But what is next for the Minnesota Wild,
1: sir? We get uh, the Colorado Avalanche to continue the uh, homestands, a pivotal seven game homestand for the Wild that sees them now at one one and one. So they'll get a chance to try to take down the Avalanche. That would be a huge win, considering as you alluded to. The Avalanche are the object in the mirror that is closer than it appears. And so a head-to-head win there would uh, would do some good. But the big thing for this Wild team, and we knew this, and I'm sure you're in a similar spot with the Panthers, is that the month of February is always the, the litmus test of, are we going to get to where we want to go, which is the postseason, or is it just not in the cards this year? And so this month of February, one of the toughest of the season, also the most critical for the Wild, because as of right now, they still have not definitively answered, are we buyers? Are we sellers? And so if this homestand continues kind of on the same trend that we've seen, they may slip more towards the sellers as opposed to the buyers. I know Brock Besser has been linked to Minnesota quite a bit. Um, Money-wise, there's going to need to be some things to make that happen. Uh, But Armando, I wanted to flip one back on you. For the Florida Panthers, what uh, what do you want to see from them at the deadline? Do you want to see them try to make an addition? I know the Panthers are pretty cap-strapped at this point. Is it going to be too much maneuvering to make a deal happen where where are the Panthers at as we move towards the deadline
0: I think they're going to try to make a minor move when it comes to maybe some uh penalty uh killing forwards uh for for the for the Panthers uh one player that's on an expiring deal for is one that in on the St. Louis Blues uh, Ivan Barbashev that's what that's the name that that I've kind of looked a little bit at as well uh for for as far as uh penalty killers uh there there there's also but there but there's also the opportunity to bring anthony duclair back which he just shed the non-contact jersey off uh this morning uh that which is a new update for this podcast uh he shed it off in morning skate so he's about my prediction is he's about a week away and there and I I legitimately want to see the Panthers keep Grigory Denisenko in the lineup, which, like I said on uh, on yesterday's uh, show, that me- that might mean you might need to place Colin White on waivers in, in order to fit Grigory Denisenko in. Um, Patrick Hornquist seems to be the odd man out when it comes to the cap and him being on LTIR with his second concussion of the season. So there's a uh, there's opportunities uh for, for that, and we. We don't, we don't know what's, we don't know who's going to be shipped out, um, for, for the cats, uh, neither, because there's a few expiring contracts on the books. Radko Gudis is one of them. Mark Stahl is one of them. Eric Stahl is one of them as well. Um, but Eric Stahl has been very valuable on the penalty kill for, for the Panthers. Um, and Mark Stahl, he's not making the dumb mistakes that he made in, in the beginning of the season too. Um, it's let, it's. They've both been getting accumulated uh, to 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 the Panthers, and ever since uh, ever since uh, January nineteenth, um, the Valley Sports Florida broadcast brought this up. The Panthers are have the most goals per game and the most even strength goals per game. Uh, so, and with Bobrovsky performing well, I'm not I'm not saying they will necessarily stand pat. I I do think they need to make small a small move. Um, which is probably for a penalty, penalty killer. Um, But it'll likely be as also as a result of placing Casey Fitzgerald on waivers as well, because he's just the reason why the Panthers picked him up was to send Matt Kierstead to the AHL so that he could get playing time and just a, a body while you're using your LTIR space as well. So the Panthers are using that maneuvering of the cap to get extra bodies in on cheaper deals for now. So, but it's not gonna work for them uh later on in the season, especially since Anthony Duclair is so close to, to coming back uh from his horde uh Achilles injury that he suffered in early July. And he's looking at that Max Pacioretty situation that happened in Carolina or um just a few weeks ago about uh trying to be careful with with uh coming back on on his own time. But it looks like it's very close for the Panthers.
1: Yeah, for the Minnesota Wilds, if they don't end up making an addition and it's pretty much been painted clearly that it would have to be a player that does not go beyond this season in a contract standpoint because there just there are too many questions beyond this year for the Wild to uh to finagle. So, if they do make a any sort of additions, at the uh, at the deadline i would imagine we see some younger players come up if they do decide to make some lateral moves to open up spots it's going to be interesting to see how things play out uh, between now and the trade deadline on the 3rd of march uh it's it's crazy that it's only a few weeks away but it there's also so much that can change between now and then um that can make you either more of a buyer maybe not a buyer at all time will tell mm. And
0: uh, one quick update um, um, for for the Panthers on, on this side is uh, looking at the I was actually looking up uh, uh, Ivan Barbashev as we were as we were as I was discussing more about that from earlier. But actually Jordan Cairo left uh, Saturday's game uh, for the Blues. So chances are he might not even play tomorrow for the Panthers and the Panthers uh, let him loose a few times uh, blowing a 4-1 lead in the third period at home against the Blues earlier this season that was the start of a uh of a bad stretch uh for the panthers in late november for uh them and going back to what you're saying uh seth the panthers and the wild are kind of similar as far as uh being in cap jail uh well well, the panthers are only like one year before they're basically free while the wild have just a few more years (laughs) with the parise and Suter uh buyouts Uh, but uh, Jeff Merrick, I, I remember he was talking about how Bill uh, Bill Guerin doesn't want to take term. That's the big big factor when it comes to the trade deadline. It, it, it has it has to give them flexibility for for them over over the summer because we just don't know where the cap is going to be.
1: Yeah, and there just there are some big questions. Philip Gustafson, do you want to try to get a deal done for him in his um, his year of being a restricted free agent? So obviously that's a big one. Brandon Duhame is due for a contract as well. There are a bunch of guys that play key roles for this team. There are some guys that you maybe are looking at that you've soured on that you want to move off the roster. But all of that gets complicated if you put somebody on that is signed for next year and beyond, i.e. Brock Besser. And so it is a situation where I think Bill Guerin looks at it and says, it's just easiest if we don't really get involved. Because we're just creating major headaches beyond this season. Now, if there is somebody that's a one-year player for the right price, that wouldn't surprise me. But it all depends on how the team plays between now and then. If they continue to kind of struggle, the play has been better the last few games. If they continue to struggle overall, though, he may just say that this, this group is not one piece away from being able to get back into the hunt and just opts to take a little bit of a step back. But we'll see. This team won considerably well in the beginning of the season, and so it's not out of the realm of possibility that they get back to that.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, uh, just a few weeks away uh, from, from the trade deadline on Friday, March 3rd, uh, for 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 the NHL but Seth I want to thank you so much for doing this crossover edition with with me uh, pr- uh, pr- appreciate you uh, doing so and tell everybody on my feed where they can find you online.
1: you can find my Twitter on uh, at Seth T-O-U-P-S. Um a lot of different sports opinions mostly wild but uh, we throw a few extra things in there as well. Just follow the show at lockdown wilds we lucked out everything is there so twitter all the podcast feeds youtube uh tiktok amazon music we're everywhere so just uh, search lockdown wild you'll find the best that we have to offer and uh, we just continue to keep everybody in the state of hockey as updated as we can
0: awesome and uh for everyone on the Wild feed, you can follow me on Twitter at Mono Man Twelve, follow the show account on Twitter at L O underscore FLY Panthers. Now that baseball season's approaching, uh, you'll see a lot of uh, tweets from this jaded uh Marlins fan. And <laughs> but best of luck for Pablo Lopez, uh in, in in for the Minnesota Twins this year. And now that the Marlins got batting champion, AL batting champion Luis Arias, maybe better days are ahead as far as the offensive category for the team. But Seth, I want to thank you so much, and I will see you next time. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to the other shows on the Lockdown NHL Network, including Lockdown NHL, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, and Lockdown NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Sports Today. Peter Bukowski brings you a 20-minute or less podcast on the entirety of the sports scene, including exclusive interviews and the take of the day. Follow Locked On Sports Today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Seth Topol. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. with your team. Every day.